This week's psalm is Psalm 17, and it simply says, A prayer of David. Sometimes there's more explanation of exactly what kind of prayer it is or what the situation was. This is simply a prayer of David, but what you'll see as we read through, it's a prayer for vindication. There are enemies out to get David. He's praying for protection. He is not going to take vengeance out by himself, but he's going to trust in the Lord, wait for the Lord, ask for the Lord to intervene on his behalf. So it's a great model prayer. Psalm 17, verse 1, Hear a just cause, O Lord, and attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold what's right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me, and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. So I will call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. And they set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion, eager to tear. As a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord. Confront him. Subdue him. Deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword. From men by your hand, O Lord. From men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They're satisfied with children and they leave their abundance to their infants. But as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. We don't know for sure and I don't know for sure. But maybe he's talking about his son Absalom. Remember Absalom rose an army. And David's life was under threat. They had to flee Jerusalem. Imagine that the king had to flee the city because he was under threat of death. But this little comment in verse 12, he's like a lion eager to tear as a young lion lurking in ambush makes me think that this is what he's referring to. So, uh, you know, if you're being persecuted for your faith, the application would be straightforward and easy to understand and immediate, we would be crying out to God that he would vindicate us. You see that in the book of Revelation, the early persecuted church crying out for vindication for the martyrs. Here, David's asking for vindication for God to judge and intervene on his behalf. But even though we're not going through the same kind of life under threat of death, like David here, or like Paul and the apostles in the New Testament, or like the early church uh, in the apostolic era, we still have enemies, spiritual enemies, that want to do us harm. Right? The devil and our own indwelling sin are always against us. Flesh waging war against the spirit, and we in the spirit need to wage war against the flesh. The devil tempting us, accusing us, 
driving us to despair, trying to drive us to despair, trying to get us to doubt our salvation, trying to pit us against one another, all kinds of things. So whatever the spiritual enemy, whether it's manifest in the physical form of persecutors or whether it's invisible spiritual forces, both of those are enemies warring against God and therefore warring against, warring against God's children, we need to go to God. We need to cry out to God in prayer. One of the things you see throughout this psalm is that David trusts that God hears him. David trusts that God hears him, and he's expecting God will answer him and attend to his plea for help no matter what. And you see, at the end, he has a steadfast hope no matter what. Look at verse 14 and 15. He contrasts the plight and the destiny of the wicked with what his destiny is going to be. Uh, from uh, the beginning in, or the end of verse 14. Men of the world whose portion is in this life. Their portion is in this life. You fill their womb with treasure. They're satisfied with children. But they leave their abundance to their infants. So his enemies do have a portion in this life. God gives them treasures in his providence. God gives them children in his providence. But they're going to leave their abundance to their infants. They can't take it with them. They can't take their treasures with them. They can't take the blessings of this world with them. Men of the world whose portion is in this life. Verse 14 makes me think of the book of Ecclesiastes. Right? If that's all we have, life truly is meaningless. If all we have is our portion in this life, we can't take it with us. But he contrasts that with verse 15 with his sure and steadfast hope. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. That is the destiny of the believer. Beholding God's face, that means being in God's presence, in righteousness. That means being made perfectly righteous in every way, which will be the case when we are in the presence of God. We will be made righteous in his presence. This is our destiny. This is our anchor for the soul, no matter who wages war against us. We go to God in prayer. We know he'll hear us. We know he'll answer us according to his purpose, and no matter what happens, we know we'll be with him in righteousness.